Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Confessions of a Movie Critic. I'm Spling, and I'm a movie critic, and I watch a lot of movies. <laughs> I have been watching quite a few horrors lately, mostly local stuff. The latest one I saw was a film called Eight, which is also known as The Soul Collector. And I'm busy with another film called Parable. Um, I've got a an article I'm putting together about South African horror, but I also happened to review Eight this week. And Eight is about a family who move into a rural home where there are many dark secrets and are confronted by a man who is trying to atone for his daughter's soul. And it uh, is really quite a, a beautifully put together horror quite thoughtful it's a, a passion project you can just see the care that that has been taken in putting this whole film together and it uh, is based on the folklore of south africa the director was quite interested in investigating it a bit further because he um, many years ago had a friend who was lost in a, a car accident and uh, that got him kind of gravitating on a quest to sort of find out well what actually does happen uh, to someone's soul when they die and part of that investigation involved uh, a cultural study of Koza and Zulu um, traditions around what actually happens to the soul and it seems as though there is a possibility that if you're far from home that your soul can kind of be disembodied and you need to sort of perform these rituals to get it back and this fascinated him and it developed into an idea for a film and that film is eight and he's been quite heavily influenced by uh, probably some of the horrors that he grew up with the shining um, there's another film called the innocence which uh, is kind of similar in some respects here as well as pet cemetery which was recently remade the stephen king film and besides that, I just kind of, uh, it prompted me, it got me thinking about one of the classic errors that I see time and time again with horror these days. There are many great examples of how to get it right, but what I've noticed is that a lot of the time it's, uh, there's like an eagerness to get out of the starting blocks and to just jump right into the horror and um, sort of uh, serve the, the audience uh, a whole great deal of horror, you know, um, elements and design and 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 try and scare them right um, from the word go. And that sort of wraparound thing does work and can be very effective. But what I've noticed is that what you really need to do in order to scare your audience is to immerse them in your world. And by unleashing the beast or the monster or the whatever it is, too soon you can run the risk of completely derailing your scare factor because once you have revealed whatever it is that lies beneath there's very little chance of uh, winning that back and uh, you know there's there's no surprise from that point so if it's uh, in broad daylight and that thing has been revealed and that is your central thing that is designed to try and create horror you are making a mistake. Uh, a lot of great horrors these days take the time to 
just uh, create a real sense of reality and uh, suspend the audience by slowly kind of dipping them into this unreality experience. And I feel that's the way to do it. You are creating a real drama. You are creating characters that uh, need to be believable. You're creating a situation that takes time to, to build a world around. And you need to have those uh, characters relatable enough that the audience cares for them. If they don't care for them, they're just going to write them off. They're going to um, not mind them being slaughtered one by one. And it really depends on your objectives for your film. But uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, quite an important thing to, to have that slow immersion. And when it comes to the drama, that is critical. You need to have some uh, character resonance, some empathy with the characters. And that takes time to build up. And I, there are examples of horrors that have good, good pacing and are able to inject bits of horror here and there. But then there's also an art to that. You have to sort of slowly unfurl whatever it is that's kind of haunting or, or disrupting that world. And there's just a way to do it. And if you overplay it, then it kind of becomes unintentionally funny. And then, you know, the, the emphasis is more on just the pure popcorn ent entertainment rather than than uh, creating a suspenseful environment where, where, you know, you're kind of waiting for something to happen. So it's a real important balance. And a lot of filmmakers, I think it might have something to do with the fact that they've got these toys. They want to use these toys. And I'm talking about the visual effects. And maybe they've hired a company that's wowed them with what they can do. And that becomes a problem. It's uh, quite similar to a film that was recently released called Crawl, where they've got alligators. And if you think about the film Jaws, which is what it's loosely based on, it's important to hide that villain, to keep everyone guessing how big this thing is or how disgusting or, or scary or whatever. You know, the, the, the power of imagination is really what is uh, being underutilized in a lot of these instances. The power of imagination in terms of what is happening off screen, what is under the water, what is unseen. The unseen is what creates uncertainty and that uncertainty leads to fear and that is what gets people on the edge of their seats. That is what gets people scared. And so I feel like a lot of horror filmmakers these days are kind of relying on jump cuts to to really just sell their, their, their scares, which is just like boo. And uh, it doesn't really do it. It's, it's kind of, it seems to be that it's about making a slick, dark film, but one that often lacks suspense or just isn't scary because it's, it's so wrapped up in, in trying to be cool or trying to look a certain way or trying to present, present grotesque things um, and it just kind of misses the point. So to cut a long story short, uh, I find that the best thing to do with horror these days is to, like uh, the film Midsommar, is to just have uh, like levels where you you take that, that audience on a journey and they need to kind of start from a place of, okay, it's not entirely realistic maybe, Maybe there's just some things that are just not quite right. And to take it from the point of things aren't quite right to 
this isn't really going to work to, oh my goodness, there's something actually behind that wall to, oh my goodness, I can't get away from this thing to a much more claustrophobic thing. There just needs to be more structure and planning around this introduction of of the fantasy element around horror uh, or just protect it all the way through. Use the old school tricks of John Carpenter and uh, all the sort of shadow play and sound effects and things that that just get people questioning and not be kind of spoon feeding them with all this visual effects nonsense. So I think there's something to be said for the old school way of making horrors. And if only we could uh, have more of those. But there's a renaissance uh, with Get Out and all these films. And hopefully we'll be able to see uh, uh, a, an, a great improvement. And uh, the, the, the land is fertile in the horror regions. And uh, I think South Africa is perfectly poised to do a lot of this kind of storytelling. And this kind of horror genre is really just waiting to explode in South Africa. But uh, that's for another podcast. Hope all is well. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.